Hi, I'm a thin red line between thinner, redder lines. Condé Nasty. All my audience reactions are achieved in post-production too. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi there, Ursula. How are you? Uh, I'm good. It's, uh, we're here. We made it. We're, we're alive. We're here. We're queer. We somehow managed to make it to the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't want to be one of those naysayers where it's like, it's too long. Because the season itself, at most points in the middle of it, was certainly enjoyable to watch. But, um, you know, it's the way I described it was, it's not like we've been circling the runway for a month. We've landed, and we're just waiting for our gate to open. Like, between... Completely. Yeah, like, between the, the top four episode, the reunion, and this, nothing's really... There's been no status change in a month on the show, you know? Honestly, I think we, I think Simone was such a front runner so early and then just kind of like stayed the course that I think it was very long, but good. But also there were not ups and downs that, A, I don't remember the top of the season. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, I mean, not to, and B, there was no dimensions to the ups and downs. So by the end, you're right. We've been circling an airport for at least four weeks. Yeah, and I, I think if I have one kind of macro-level critique of the finale, it's that they were working so hard to make it not queens in their bedroom again that they forgot to do anything else for me. Like, they just, they, they wanted to make sure it was an in-person finale on a stage and then didn't really take advantage of anything else to really give it any kind of tension. Like, like thinking back, like, you know, we, we've, we've discussed the, uh, you know, lip sync off, to death and you know it only really worked on season nine but even going back to like season eight with bob kim chi's number and naomi small's number for that matter were so good that for a moment you could really entertain kim is amazing she could take it fat feminization is a great fucking it's a it's a bop Um, she's also still to this day the queen of the look queens like as much as it felt like Bob was the front runner that season, Kim was such an exceptional artist. Yeah. That and that was a great performance. I don't know how much any of us I don't know I feel like everybody knew Bob was gonna win, but it was still compelling to yeah. watch. I yeah. definitely feel like they had a lot of opportunity to give Gottmik more deserved wins the last six weeks. And honestly. really make it feel like a battle royale. Like it really yeah. like she could have swept this out from under Simone and it and they didn't in a way that they do so much overproducing that is so visible. For me, that's like, well, that's the one time I really want you to. Yeah. Honey, honey. For me, the biggest uh, flaw of this was mixing metals with Rue's opening number, but that's a personal preference. Speaking, speaking of that opening number, I did enjoy it, if only for the hardcore Mariah Carey choreography that they gave her. You know what? You are both legends of a certain age. You have earned the right to stand there while everyone dances around you. And she looked fucking amazing, by the way. So I would like to say two <laughs> things. One, well, three things. One, it's her Vanity Fair bustier, which she looks amazing in. I'm like that she bothered repeating anything. Because, honey, when something works, it works. Yep. She looked great. I honestly think the Mariah Carey thing, you're absolutely right. And for me, it was this. You're the fucking queen and you look like that at 60. You are absolutely the supreme. Why are you, like falsely emulating what these like 22 year old homosexual backup dancers are doing behind you i don't want you even bothering this way i want it to be as imperious 
stage still stage presence as possible. Give me all or give me give me a moment. A stillness <laughs> moment. But I digress. Um all right, we should get into the rest of the episode. Um I'm trying to remember the order. It, it was alphabetical, which which is a real shame for Candy because it meant going after Gottmik three times in a row. Yeah, so there they do the ball, which I thought was a good sort of attempt at having something, but I honestly wish they did the season eight. You all get a number that would have been much better for me. Well, also it was weird because I remember sitting there thinking, did did my like cable box start me in the middle of this episode because. There was no preamble, no real lead-up. It was just, boom, here are 12 looks. Well, Rue said that we're doing a ball for it. And the categories were black and white, red, and finale eleganza. Yeah. But it was pretty quickly done. It is... For me, this is like... I get it, but we see this the whole show. I wish they all had their own, like, number. Yeah. And something else I was thinking about, appropriate given that it was Oscars weekend, uh, there's a joke about the Oscar where the the Oscar for Best Director goes to the Most Director... Uh, so whatever movie had the most wild cinematography or the most jump cuts somehow ends up being the best directed movie because it had the most a- physical directing. And the dresses, for the uh, the looks for me, while stunning, were like the high end of the debate we've been having in drag all se- for a couple seasons now about, you know, basically buying high end costume wear. And all of them looked amazing, but they did all feel like I simply commissioned a talented professional to construct a garment for me. Yeah, I mean, that is how it's done almost entirely now, which does... Um, I get that drag has become so exposed and so high fashion that this is where we are. I do think there's always this debate about costs and privilege and access and all of that. And for me, you're never going to come up with a clean solution, but I do think at this point it's become so prohibitive, like you really can't go on without that, that I do wish the budget per cast member per episode went from the 400 it is now to the like height of reality tv standard of like 3,000 an episode because then they would have something closer to like a not if not level and it would really suck to be the first queen eliminated but nonetheless right overall it it would would be correcting a little bit yeah here's an idea for the finale we make this the DIY challenge. Those four queens show up in like a black corset. They get like five hundred dollars and and like a fabric wall, and we see what happens. I maybe not the finale. Maybe that's the top four challenge. I would love to see like a true like starting from scratch, or at least maybe a budget where that you- we still see that occasionally on the show, just yeah. not always. I do feel like the show is so aware that who they're going to want to win is probably not a seamstress most of the time anymore. Mm-hmm. That they, I feel like they almost downplay those episodes. Yeah. And I feel like, I still want it to happen. Yeah. Even if you're like, the girls are getting worse at sewing. And it's gonna, it might be harder to justify keeping somebody we want to put in the top four. But I still want it to see yeah. it happen yeah. once a season in some way. Alright, so let's get into the looks themselves. Gottmik's black and white look was everything to me. Absolutely. Hellraiser, everything and more. Oh god, just Hellraiser is one of the few horror movie genres, aside, like next to Candyman... One that I fucking love. Like, I'm not a huge horror person, but something about this, like, artsy, queer, hypersexual, gross set of movies just fucking does it for me. And that Marchand puzzle box was flawless. That might have actually opened a portal to hell once the episode was over. That was just a beautifully executed prop, and I see it and I respect it. I agree completely, and I think Gottmik knew exactly how to perform that piece. Also, the most hips we've ever seen on Gottmik. I, I agree. Also, also <laughs> true there. Um, and 
poor Candy Muse having to go after Gottmik in a totally nice look that was not as jaw-dropping. Right, right. Like, and with a great message of yeah. Black Lives Matters, a beautiful ombre hair moment. I like the way it swerved in front. The technical expertise is great, and I'm always, I'll say this always, Candy Muse knows how to beat that face. Oh, yeah. Like, I looked at this, and I'm like, she's beautiful, and she has a neck and everything. And normally, I, I tend to be not the biggest fan of text on dresses. This, this, this walks the line well where it is stylized to the point that I actually like that it had to be explained to me because now it makes sense and I see it, but it wasn't like you just wrote on a dress. Yeah, I didn't notice it immediately. It it, it works well with the silhouette. Yeah. Um, uh, Rosé's black and white look was exactly what I would expect yeah. from Rosé. It just, how do you wear something that tight and form-fitting but still make it look you look bulky? I don't know how she does it. I don't either. Also, I was really not pleased with her makeup. Oh, the... Or, well, here's the thing. Like, if you're going to do the My Fair Lady reference... Your face has to be perfect. It, your face has to be in Technicolor. Because, like, come on. Like, that's... She didn't even... She barely had blush on. Like, at I, at all. Like, I, my description of is that she wasn't wearing blush. I think she had the slightest amount. That is inappropriate. You, like, that's not what you do for this. I. It's like I like Rosé, but I can't love Rosé. And she yeah. makes all these little choices where I'm like, ooh, there's a fine tube. It's like you... You try hard type A so many things, and then you miss things that, like... Like, Candy would never walk a runway with that little blush on. Right. Ever. Like, even a bolder lip would have helped tie that look together. Like, the whole point... Completely. The whole point of Audrey Hepburn in that look is, look at this gorgeous woman in this gorgeous 18 pounds of uh, fabric, but you still can't take your eyes off her face. Like, yeah. that's the effect of the look. It, it's a look that says, I am wearing this dress, it is not wearing me, and then you forgot to do the face. It's a, I feel like such a bitch. I feel like Rosé can't know. do anything to please, please me, us. but yeah. that's where I am. Yeah. Um, and then Simone comes out and... Oh, a gift. Just, uh, truly. We don't deserve. I agree. Um, I liked the silhouette. Uh, I mean, the shape of it's so interesting because it feels like a theatrical cloud that she's floating on. Yeah. But it's this wonderful Marie Antoinette drag. I like... That it was like an Afrocentric version of Victorian, or not Victorian, of, of wigs from the 18th century right, that aristocrats right. would wear. Right, and like the, the dress was built out of bandanas. Again, it was like this very high fashion built out of something very specifically black. And it's just like, and also it wasn't, and it wasn't just like she made, she didn't just make a dress with a bustle skirt out of bandanas. Which also probably would have looked amazing on her. The exaggerated proportions and weird hyper two-dimensionality gave it this so, so much structure and movement and weird beauty that I'm like see see this why how just I agree um next we had the red runways and I really liked got mixed Keith Harrington um was it Galliano for yeah um Look, it was very good. I just, I also just think my husband loves Keith Haring so much that we have a bunch of his stuff. Yeah. And I always like that reference. It was well done. It didn't blow me away, but I did, I think she knew her audience. It was exceptionally well executed. It was, yes. yeah. Yeah. Candy's red look, I really like. Well, it's, it's very candy. It's, it's a very, nice callback. Right, it's very her. Yeah. It's, it calls back her entrance look. But it is within itself different. It is very her. It's very like what her drag does, but yeah. well done. I like the tiny boombox purse. Um, Which feels like four references to the season in one. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. this is what makes me sit here and think, 
are we also part of the problem where it's like, are we just spoiled? Like, think back to season one and the Claire's knockoffs that some of those girls were sending down the runway. I'm saying good things about this. Right, but, but but then you look at this and like, we're saying it's very good, but not compared. Like, I didn't say that. You're saying that. I said I really liked it. I, you're so, now projecting onto me. Well, I'm saying so you're going to have to clarify. Okay, I really you. like it, too. But when you compare it to the three around it, it's kind of like this look would have demolished the first three seasons, like without question. Um, the first two for sure. So yeah, you know what I mean. But it's like it's just kind of funny to think this is the like she. I feel like that's Candy's story. She's a very good drag queen and a very good performer, but she's just happened to be facing off against two fucking legends. Yeah, I mean I'll give you that. So like I said, I actually like this look. Oh me too. But I hear you. I, I think yeah. you're putting more of your intention, your feelings on it, onto me than are there. But um, I love the detailing. The the grommets in the skirt are great and allow me to show off my knowledge of the word grommet. Um, I really enjoyed Simone's red look, the nail oh, emoji yeah. iconography. I mean, nails, nails, nails. It's the only time I want to see a drag queen wearing press-on nails on her toes. Because it, it's like, it tied, it was also perfectly tied together. And then adding that just added the right level of comedy. It moved in a way that was compelling. Even if you didn't know the garment was made of nails, it right. was just visually interesting. Right, that, that hair, I, I was falling out. Yeah, like, oh yeah, no, for sure. And then like, yeah, the, the, the claw nails over the platforms, it's like such a specific reference to like drag queen footwear that it just... It's yeah, it's perfect. It's it's just perfect. I agree. Um, all right, and then lastly, we have the finale Eleganza. Oh wait, we didn't get to Rose's red look. Do you remember what it was? It was that roots thing. Oh, what did you think of that? Eh, I didn't. She have... had phenomenal puns. I don't get the point. Yeah, and I didn't like it. Yeah, it just was it a Scottish thing, red roots. I didn't get it. It looked know. inconvenient to move in. She had a ton of great great puns, but it was like, this is visually interesting and not at all what you should be wearing randomly in a silo right now. Yeah. Yeah, I just... She, she truly can't do anything to please me. I, like, I'm... No, it's like... I'm a monster. No, no, she's she's being sent to the, the, to the Jan Reform School for queens who will never be good enough for us. I don't know what the problem is. Um, and then lastly, we have Finale Eleganza... Gottmik walks in this wonderful Rita Repulsa meets Star Wars, like ridiculous drag with this blue and you know I you know I fucking love a structured back collar like that. What do you oh, call yeah. those? Just a collar. It's a collar, cape, a cowl. Okay, but I know what you mean. Yeah, and and then the gold like cape, skeleton rib, rib cage. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, it, no! Everything's perfect. The proportions are perfect. The makeup is perfect. The, the like ruching of the tool at the base that you wouldn't even notice that yeah. makes it look like this like other object is yeah. amazing. And the the Swarovski Swar I can never pronounce that word. Swarovski crystal uh, heart. Yeah, I, it's 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 a word that I can't speak without sounding like I've been drinking, even if I haven't. Um, but anyway. It's been done before. It was it was certainly done well here, but it's been done before. And I don't know what else you put there, but it was fine. I actually liked it. I think it made sense and elevated this look. Just because I've seen something before doesn't mean it doesn't have a good execution in the That's future. Fair. That's fair. Not everything is something I need to see brand new. And I actually think this look in and of itself was something I've never seen before that was immaculately done. And the heart 
worked well with it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we see Candy Muse walk. And at first she appeared with this dramatic peacock headpiece. And you know I love peacock feathers or 1920s like, oh, yeah. art nouveau and art deco things that have the silhouette or whatever of um, peacock feathers. And I thought I would like it. And it's sort of a big ball gown, which is a silhouette we've not seen her in before. Yeah. I felt like the more she walked, the more I felt like the fabric wasn't ruching enough. It looked kind of cheap and plasticky, but not in a way where it was like a contrast with the silhouette and the fabric that it like elevated or made it fun or interesting. I was sort of disappointed. And then the wig that cuts back. I know some drag queens like to do edgy hair like that. If you had a mug like Candy Muse, that is not an option for you. Sadly, I'm forced to agree. I think it's one of those, I'm sure the fabric is actually very expensive, but it ruches in a way that makes it look very cheap. Yeah, and you know, I, I often am somebody who likes take this traditional silhouette or this traditional object and put it in an unconventional or just the material that works for it, but you never see it in. Like, I'm often very compelled by that. And I thought, I'm kind of surprised how much I'm like, meh. Yeah. About this. It's not folded. It just sort of feels like it's laying and it's loose. It doesn't, it looks like, like a shiny bed sheet that you haven't folded that's like on your couch a little bit. Yeah. Part of the problem is as a collective look, it seems to, it's, it's not far enough away from the predominant color of the rest of the stage to really pop in the way I think she wants it to. Yeah, I'll give you that. That, that might be part of it. Cause I want to like this more than I do. Yeah. Whereas with her first look. I, it was simple, but I liked it more than I would yeah. expect myself to. Like it, it hit the nail on the head in terms of what it needed to do. I will say she should she should try gowns more often. Like okay, when it hit when it got hit by the light and there was like the green sparkle, I actually saw a little bit more than I liked. But um, but yeah, I think she should try gowns a little more often. I agree. So what do you think of Rose's finale eleganza? Um, it's fine. God, I'm we're monsters. Um. For for uh, her padding and shaping tends to look very bulky, but at least in this look, the collar, the shoulders, and the hips are so hyper exaggerated that the finished effect actually is balanced. Totally, totally. It's you know what? It's grown on me. The more I've looked at it, at first it felt so on the like hitting the nail on the head too much of what I would have expected her to do for something like this in terms of being like, and I'm Scottish. Um, it has grown on me. At one, at first, I said it was like perfectly executed Ren Fair. I do think that that's like really reductive, and it deserves better than that. It is extremely well done for what it is. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, it's really perfectly done for what it is. I just wouldn't have done this if I were her, because it is predictable. Yeah, that's a that's a great look for the season when the when the challenge is shoulders or hips or Ren Fair yeah. or something. I, I agree. I agree. This is her best makeup of the three. I'll give her that. She added some blush after I'm sure Simone came up to her and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> she also needed more central on her cheeks. And lastly, we have Simone's <sighs> finale eleganza. Now, I immediately loved this because it felt like Greek warrior, Greek mythology angel, Medusa, yeah. demon slash goddess. Those were the tie-ins that immediately came to me, and it all kind of weirdly harmoniously worked together despite that, and it also feels like a type of crown. I loved it. Also, I love that Simone is like, 
I will coat myself in two slick layers of baby oil every time I go out on this runway. Her skin is never not luminous. I don't luminous. Just... It's so luminous that luminous feels like not enough. Like to describe. Like it's glowing. I could read by her. Yes. Just and I love this look because like every detail is correct. Like the way the the. Drape, the drapey part of the gown crosses her body, so it's not like a Victor Victorian yeah, look. It's perfect. The, the detail on the arm is so interesting that it looks better than cosplay. Like, like true. You know that that cosplay look that Fifi wore in her All Stars. Uh-huh. This looks like two notches above that because of the detail work. I agree. And it also made. I recently did a deep dive into Greek mythology. Stephen Fry has a wrote two books about Greek mythology, and I listened to the audiobooks. They were amazing. The Medusa backstory is real fucked up. Yeah, it's disturbing. And it brought all of that to mind for me. The Cliff Notes version is Poseidon had sex with Medusa and his wife, girlfriend, I forget who, got real pissed at, or raped her, really. Mm-hmm. And the wife got pissed about that. I was about to say, it was a rape. punished Medusa for it, which is a real hallmark of Greek mythology when you start digging in. There's a lot of inappropriate rape victim punishing. And somehow this, like, armored... Medusa look made me think of the actual myth and me like, too. like, oh god, it just, it just, I fucking love this. Yeah, no, 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 me too. And I, yeah, I was about to say, don't. After me too, honey. Medusa oh, I, was raped yeah. and then punished to cover the crimes of a powerful man. Yeah, uh, which is horrible. Which I, which makes me like it more. Yeah, because I, knowing I, I found that out about Medusa two years ago, and since then I feel like a positive moral gray feminist uh affinity for medusa right so that made this This, yeah resonate with me more like if the person who designed this told me they were thinking consciously about the full story when they made it i'd be like i'd be all of it yeah exactly she's a warrior she's an angel she's like yeah god it's perfect yeah um so simone quit being so perfect no i'm kidding please keep being so perfect (laughs) um all right so that's it for the ball. Overall, Rosé cannot impress us. Gottmik and Simone can really impress us. You know, I'm trying to think if either Simone or Gottmik had a dud on the runway the entire season. There's been times when Simone did not do well in a performance in a way that was very, very troubling, but she never had a look that didn't make me piss myself. I agree. Um, also, I just want to give props to bother giving props at this point. Jada Essence Hall did a very good job pretending to actually be interacting with RuPaul while at that drive-in. Oh, yeah. The whole time. She's a real pro. I like her a lot. She's, like, dorkier than you would expect her to be in a way that's charming, which is how I ever I feel when she is in a position to talk a lot. Oh, yeah. She had to sell that weird parking lot setup and that fucking bubbly water, and she did both like a pro. She really did. Yeah. Then we jumped to RuPaul interviewing Gottmik, which... Is a fucking delight and a treasure. Oh, it's both never of them not. are charming. Yeah, um, it's clear that Rue genuinely actually likes Scott yeah. Mick and like wants to be forthcoming and candid and honest in a way that's comic with Scott Mick. It's a little like the way RuPaul was with Jinx Monsoon season five. Whenever yeah. he entered the workroom, where it was clear, oh, you really like Jinx. You yeah. just want to chat with Jinx. You really like Scott Mick, and you just want to chat with Scott yeah. Mick. I thought the whole storyline about her discovering successes and skills she didn't know she had and growing as a performer here was great because I felt like I was really watching that and loving that and rooting for Gottmik. Well, I mean, you you couldn't have like you couldn't have scripted a better story for Gottmik. I agree. Gottmik got comfortable in his own skin 
on the show, which what could be a better like manifestation of a trans person's Completely. story. And it's like, like, do you see what happens world when you are like caring and nurturing and respect who people are? They yeah. blossom like flowers. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's lovely to see. I agree completely. They were both so charming. Gottmik seemed so relaxed and like yeah. having fun with Rue and Rue having yes, fun with yes. Gottmik. Like, like I'm sure Gottmik among all of Gottmik's many talents seems to be pretty on the ball. So I'm sure, I'm sure she was reading the writing on the wall that this was Simone's to lose. I don't think she was holding her breath. Right. And I think she learned, she like, she learned how to, she clearly had the ability to just enjoy a once in a lifetime moment and it was really fun to watch. Yeah, completely. Um, Loved her parents. She, she looked super corseted, but yeah. she was breathing freely in this moment. What a lovely sentiment. Yes. Um, loved her parents. <laughs> Very cute. And I do think RuPaul has made a huge effort to like perform allyship on this show. And I know people like to complain about performative allyship these days, but frankly, I'd much rather somebody bother putting in the work of performing allyship and that being socially normal, like decency being socially normalized. Well, th- this felt like walking the walk. It felt, it did, it did, it yeah. did. If, but I feel like Rue was aggressively performing it and walking the walk and having got back yeah. on and being yeah. so your drag is valid. Um, yeah. It was great. I'm glad RuPaul has had what I, what I have perceived as a genuine change of heart. Yeah. Um, and I liked this whole thing. Yeah, totally. Um, so next we have Candy Muse. I don't have a whole lot it to was say. Just, it was cute. It was Candy. Her, her yeah. mom was adorable. Yeah, no. Uh, unless I see the family resemblance. I do really respect Candy Muse as an entertainer, even though I know I've said on this podcast a bunch that Candy is clearly not being graded fairly, which she isn't. But I do think she's actually a phenomenal drag queen. I was like, nothing blew me away or was unexpected in this, but I like Candy Muse. I will go see her when she's at Roscoe's. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then we have Rosé, whose adorable and funny Scottish family truly did more to endear me to Rosé than anything Rosé oh did. No, I had a whole moment during this interview when it was like, oh my god. You're the type A overperformer in a family of natural comedians. Yep. You're the type A anal retentive, like stuck up gay in a family of natural comedians. Right. And she might. And like, which actually makes you the least funny. Right. And she might be the only one who even wants a career in show business. Absolutely. But she's the one who has to work the hardest to get, like, like yes. her brother's joke drag was, like, more in the moment and energized than some of hers has been. And I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, I actually... That's actually the bio of a lot of comedians where it's like, my whole family is funny, and I am by far the least funny of all of them. I'm yeah. the only one who's just interested in... Like, like if you told me... Yeah, if, yeah if you told me, like, Acorn had a new streaming series about this delightful Scottish family who moves to America to do drag or something, I'd be like, I will watch the fuck out of the show. Like, they were charming. I agree, <laughs> I agree. I mean, but good for Rosé to have a supportive family. I just, it was love. It was a lovely moment. I love that Rosé's mom has the Rose Tyler's mom's haircut from early Doctor Who. That's just a very British Isles mom very haircut. British mom haircut. And, yeah, and I, sure. I love that for her. <laughs> I wish that that would replace all the Karens in the United States. Yes. Yes. No, they're, they're charming as fuck. I, I get it. Um, and then lastly, we have Simone. And I love, I love when they do these reels and it's so clear that they're like and then the winner's reel yeah um oh, which yeah. Was I mean, the vibe speaking of that when, when she says to rose yeah you're leaving here a star in parentheses but not the winner 
And we all know that. Yeah, no. I mean, so much was implicit. Um, I like that Simone seemed relaxed. I do think the finale is like way more comfortable than the final episode. The, yeah. Like penultimate moment. Um, she seemed very relaxed in a way that I'm, I'm betting that Gigi Good slipped her a couple zannies uh, <laughs> before this. Um, but it was, it was nice to see her relaxed and honest and like happily embracing what other people have seen and happily embraced about her drag and what's impressed her. Like, it's good to see she's been out of that workroom for a few months and has, like, gotten a lot of positive praise. So I think her her ego is doing well right now. And you can tell. Her whole house is, like, fucking phenomenal. Like, I was we we were watching the pit stop for this week. It is truly, like, like, I think of the Glee episode when somebody got an A- and it was like, that's an Asian F. Like, I think that's a House of Avalon. Yeah. When, When Katya goes off on a speech about what an amazing fucking creative force you are and how much of your product she owns i mean that's a thing Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i agree never heard katya do that before um and i loved the message from simone's mom and grandmother particularly simone's mom saying on the rupaul not drag race or rupaul's drag race on the rupaul it was so someone's mom energy yeah i loved that like i know both these women and they're both delights (laughs) i agree i agree so that was very cute Okay, th- then we got to one of the needle scratch moments for me. Please lead this. <clears throat> okay, I love the reference to Bette Midler doing Friends at an AIDS benefit. You know I love Bette Midler. We literally had a projection watching of the movie Big Business in my backyard a week and a half yeah. ago with a bunch of our friends. Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen that clip because it, it comes up anytime the subject of AIDS comes up in any type of, you know, benefit or fundraising format. Like, yeah, when Bette Midler sings the line, someone came and took them away and her voice breaks a little, it, oh, it's a moment. Like, it chills. It didn't quite feel, like, I, I like the general idea of saying our community has lived through a pandemic before and still is. And, like, there, there's a, there is a great story to tell from that intersection about, you know, these are the times, like, like in the 80s when the AIDS epidemic was at its worst, you know, the queer community took care of each other. There's a great story there, and there's a great, and one you can tie together to the work being done now for even even stuff outside of COVID, like Black Lives Matter. Like, right. there's a good story in there. This just felt somewhat disconnected. I don't think these queens are old enough to get the... Maybe Rosé's close enough because she did, like, the Bette Midler look, but it's like, I didn't... This didn't connect up. I agree. The, these, the queens, other than Rosé, are all very young. In the top four, Rosé's yeah. hair is definitely, I mean, for me, Bette Midler hair, that's the best of them. Um, Simone's, that's pretty much just like a red wig that Gigi wears a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that has some curls in it. But I did feel like these kids are so young, they really don't remember not just the AIDS epidemic, but the discussion and media surrounding it. Yeah. That it did feel like, and then RuPaul asked us to do a number because a quarantine is happening that has a totally different like social reaction demographic profile in terms of like who is susceptible it's it is a little like we've survived something but coming from a group that feels like we were born well after AZT. many people so yeah, yeah AZT, you know <laughs> what i mean and, and so it feels like good intentions 
didn't really make sense and it's very clear that it doesn't really resonate with girls right i think i think i hate i almost hate this is one of the other questions i had for the finale where the hell were michelle ross and carson i understand it's a pandemic but you'd all been quarantining where were they i i agree with that i think honestly having rue and michelle do this number and then maybe blending it into something the girls could do that would resonate a little more emotionally with them about now actually would have been a real gag yeah, I like, agree. Well, I agree with again, you. I, because I, I think it would have been real coming from them. Right. I, I think there is a great story to tell that, you know, marginalized communities by necessity take care of themselves because they have to. And you can find a way to tell that story with AIDS and with COVID and with the whole world. And like, I think there's a great way to point that out and take a moment to like acknowledge that work and be grateful for it, even if it's in a terrible setting. Yeah. And that could have been like a real gut punch of like queer history and queer future. This was just not it. No, I and and the thing is, I I see what they were trying to do, and I respect yeah, the effort totally. It didn't really work or land for yeah. me, uh, but I appreciate their mindfulness of like the moment in history, or they're trying to be yeah. mindful. Um, but it, it did feel like that song didn't mean anything to any of them, right? And it showed. Uh, yeah. And then we have the moment where I immediately started choking up. I'm going to start crying while we're talking about it. Um, I That girl was there with me. I started crying the moment it started. Yeah. I started, sorry. I cried for three hours the night that I found Chi Chi Devane died. I have monologued on this podcast before the passing of Chi Chi Devane about what a star and talent and light yeah. Chi Chi was and how I wish the show had done more to serve her. How I wish Ben de la Creme like took Chi Chi under her wing for three months of intensive improv training <laughs> because I feel like Chi Chi is a, was a star who had a effortless, life yeah. effortless. So many talents that I that were I think underdeveloped and unteachable, like and like, unteachable and yeah. unteachable. So much about Chi Chi that was exceptional, and you could tell heart of gold, a down bitch, yeah. like. No, when I watched the episode on Friday, I'd had like a real shitty day at work and I was like kind of in a crappy mood to the point that I'm like, is this, do I need to like stop this and come back to this episode because mm-hmm. I'm kind of not enjoying myself? Um, but when I got to the Chi Chi part, it was like really punched through something because I was just like, you know, I've said this before when, we, when we've talked about her. I had this response when Chi Chi Devane died that it felt, I don't know, like in the middle of 2020, it felt cruel. It felt, it felt like the like too, it felt too far. As as silly as it sounds to say it that way, but it was just like this is too much. If you were writing the show, it you'd was be like, the third of three celebrity deaths. Too, yeah, I think. and it was just like and it, watching everyone else talk about Chichi, I'm, I'm getting choked up talking about it again. I don't know. It, it, it reminded me that I'm sure Chichi Devane would not want me to feel impotent rage when I hear her name. No, she just want you to feel joy. Right, and it was nice to have that remind. It was nice to have that reminder from all of these people who. Like, like Kim Chi put herself on camera with no beat at all to say Chi Chi Devane is a nice person. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, she was an amazing performer and an amazing person. And I'm so, it was such a surprise because I honestly, like, because time has no meaning, it didn't even occur to me that they would need to do something in this finale to talk about it. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And um, I'm, I'm glad they did because yeah, it, I fucking love Chi Chi. Yeah. I, I, I am sad I never saw her perform yeah, live. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I, oh God, what a light. Anyways. Okay. Okay. We're going to, we're going to collect ourselves, reset our powders because mascara is running everywhere right now. And we will be back to discuss the final lip syncs. Have you tried not? 
For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember, you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. And we're back. But before we get to the lip syncs, let's talk about the miscongeniality. So I liked the flashback to to the other queens moment and the little montages, but it was like, boy, some of you bitches feel like you're from another season. Um, I have to say, I thought Olivia Lux was definitely going to get Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought if it wasn't her, it would be Denali. Yeah. Then when it was La La Rie, I was like, well, that's the third choice. And also so likable. Like yeah. Olivia Lux might have rubbed somebody the wrong way with her passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, Re, I don't think got there. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be Utica. That was all. Um, Ding. <laughs> no, I was I was very happy for Lala, and I love that they were like, hey, everyone have two thousand dollars as a treat. Me too. Somewhere, you know, Bendela Krem is like screaming into her Overstock.com's gift certificate. But um, I actually think Bendela Krem likes to feel vaguely like a victim, so I think she's <laughs> very excited to have like better comedic material with yeah, this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> am I wrong? I can't, I can't say that you are. Um, but no, it was good. And everyone looked pretty good. I love, I love Lala's look and I love Denali's cactus look. That, that tickled me. Yeah. Denali's cactus look was great. I love Denali as a performer, but her looks were pretty, um, whack at times. I'm going to say this season, some of it was torn old ice skating outfits that were so ripped up you shouldn't be wearing them on the ice let alone on the main stage of rupaul's drag race anymore and so seeing her in that look was great um i love that lala won because she's so likable there's such a like oh you're saying everything you're thinking the moment you're thinking it kind of energy to her that's sort of charming um well speak speaking to her charisma that woman walked out in the literal worst look and no one was mad when she stayed. No, not a single person in a confession. I actually think a lot of people were mad when she stayed, but they also were aware that she walked it with confidence, as horrible as it was. Yeah, like iconically the worst look ever. Yeah, I mean, I gaze. If you don't have a look for Halloween and you have friends who are creative and you can't come up with something, you go out there and you get yourself some pastel purple and pink gift bags, tape them to something black you don't care about. And go out this Halloween because I would like to see that look on about every uncreative homosexual. Well, you know that Walgreens up the street from the replay is going to be out of those gift bags come September. I do. Yeah. I do. And I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, with that, why don't we take it to the lip syncs? Yeah. Uh, so before we get to the lip syncs proper, we start with distant RuPaul cousin Cory Booker. Which apparently they both went on Who Do You Think You Are and found out that they are distantly yes. related, which yeah. I find charming as fuck. So do I. Um, you know, he is a handsome man. Like, he, he's got a very he's got a very smooth, bald head, which as someone who grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation is really imprinted on me. 
You're much more generous than I. <laughs> he has sex appeal. He's not a particularly handsome person. <laughs> I get the draw. He yeah. has pretty eyes. He and does. pretty lips. So on to the lip syncs themselves. We're, we're starting with... Oh, do you want to talk about the choice of doing... Because off, off, really. off mic, you had come at, the choice to do Britney. Go. Oh, my, my thoughts on Britney was... I think that the producers were aware that they had a top four that weren't really the best lip syncers. Um, I do think Candy's good, but not when it's a song that's like not in her wheelhouse. Uh, and she doesn't have like stunts and tricks. I think Britney Spears' songs are like drag queen basics. I think it, especially if you're doing a bachelorette party, you're going to have to do some Britney Spears songs in order to make tips. And I think the producers thought we have four queens who are not like lip sync assassin level and we're doing this lip sync off we're gonna do a britney theme because we're gonna trust that they'll all actually be able to do this well because it's such a basic and i think that really shot them in the foot and they needed to do more mid-tempo songs that these girls could actually do well because some of them give great face while lip syncing but they don't they're not amazing dancers um I think that the producers had a specific idea about how to make this still compelling by picking a Britney theme, and it actually just shot them in the foot. Yeah. Because I have never seen such underwhelming performances to these. I live in Chicago. We have some phenomenal drag queens, and all of these songs I've seen lip sync to before, these were all the worst lip syncs I've ever seen. A standard brunch, gay brunch, like a gay bar that does a br- drag queen brunch in Chicago... When you hear these Britney songs, you're going to get some tricks. Yeah. Uh, and I like, so I think it really shot them in the foot. Yeah. I think they, they I had mean, one I mean, plan and it like actually worked against Denali them. Denali and Lala Ree's lip sync last week was better. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We have Bryce and Bruno come out in underwear with a pink smooth and a pink furry box. Relatable content. My, yeah. my favorite moment. Yeah. Um, Candy Muse gets spun and she almost lip syncs against Rosé, but then she lip syncs... Er, Almost lip syncs against Simone, but then lip syncs against Rose. Um, and that first song was Work Bitch. Yeah. What did you think of this performance? Um, this was definitely some of the lesser reveals as well. Neither of the start looks were great. And the reveal, like, I, I like Candy's well enough. It felt like a reclaimed pocket moment. It felt like a look that was consciously designed to be a better version of the pockets to fiasco. Um, which I appreciate a good joke. Um, but overall, it was kind of like Candy cleanly won it, but in a way that did not make me really care at all. It wasn't a big compliment. Um, so Work Bitch is a song that provides you a lot of space for levels and to do comedy during the low moments or to do stunts once it once it like bolts up again. And not these aren't trick queens. Yeah. These are not stunt queens on any level. Like they couldn't if they tried. I think they would have if they could have if they tried. And it felt so underwhelming. Candy had did have a reveal to a better look. That's something, but uh. Rosé, reveal, Rosé a fair Caucasian person, revealed to a cut color and texture that was inexcusable. Yeah. Like soft, a, a soft fabric that was a soft pink that blended into your complexion and that was low in the crotch in a way that was unflattering. You were, honey, keep the other one on. Like, had she actually... Well, I actually, I am shocked that Rosé made such bad choices. 
No, had had Rosé revealed, like, had her drag shtick been, I'm an actual housewife wearing a peach-colored <laughs> slip getting ready for a party, that would have been a more effective, like, like she, she yeah. literally looks like a smear of human on the screen. It was, it's like she thought, what would draw the eyes farthest away from me? What would repel my eyes, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I was shook. Yeah. Um, and I was shook that neither of them did any kind of comedy or stunt at all. Because it's a song designed for that. Yeah. I think almost any other Drag Race alum would have cleaned up against either of these girls. Yeah. Song. I mean, the, the Nina West meh was like, is like more flattering than these girls deserve Ooh. after this. Bold words. I mean it. Okay. Um, I I will say I want to balance this with a slight like I do think the fact that they don't have to balance it when it's bad, honey. I, I, what I want to put out there is just part of my analysis is they are lip syncing to nothing. I'll give you that they didn't have an audience, so there wasn't like a momentum that built up within them. And I will say it made me kind of wonder like if you weren't going to have like we were I was saying like you know back in the top four episode maybe the audience will just be like the backstage crew and their families or the medical crew or something like people who've already been quarantined like if you can't have any kind even if the if the audience were literally just Carson Ross and Michelle doing a Statler and Waldorf in one of the boxes yeah that would have been something I agree so I agree. All right, so then we have Simone and uh, we we get Bryce one more time, and that's important. So we get Bryce one more time, and we have Simone and Gottmik competing, lip syncing against each other to "Give Me More." What did you think of this lip sync? I I think Simone did good. I, I think Gottmik did fine too. I think they both did good. They did not do bad. Um, I agree with that. I think Gottmik started strong and ended weak and i think simone built yeah i think simone's reveal like i love this i love this look i love the pre-reveal look and i love the reveal look but her transition from through the reveal was chunky as fuck i actually like that it was like not even trying to be smooth she just kept going and spinning and doing it yeah um it wasn't it was neither clunky nor immediate but it, she picked the right moment in the song yeah. to do it. Um, but still, that is like a choice. I feel like uh, Gottmik gives great face overall on yeah. the runway and in lip syncing. And did really well at the top of this song. And then I was underwhelmed. Her reveals felt more like I'm sort of slowly undressing while I'm doing this. And getting on the floor and being committed to it at the end was like, so we see you less? Like... You're commanding less of this stage by yeah. doing that. And that's like, that's not helping you. I hate to say it, but I'm looking at these looks again. I almost wish it weren't a reveal and she were just wearing like this weird, massive, It would draw more visual yeah. attention the whole time. If she stood up and just sang the song giving her immaculately black and white that face, face. That face is everything. Yeah. yeah. I think it actually would have been a more compelling performance. Yeah. Which is not great. Yeah. Um, but she, I like... I mean, I had terrible things to say about Candy and Rosé, and I meant them. I don't. I have nothing as damning to say yeah. about either of these performances. And I will say, I did like Simone's uh, underwig. Oh yeah, no, and the reveal of it was fun. I like that the like bikini bodysuit she revealed to is like made of deconstructed Timberlands. Like, yeah, that's a very fun like tie into black culture. She definitely feels like the most like arty conceptual video hoe. Yeah, in the best way. 
Yeah. Um, and she has real confidence while she's doing this. So, I mean, to me, this was, this is the lip sync between our top two. Oh, and yeah. Simone did a B and Gottmik did a respectable B minus to me. And this was, frankly, the one good lip sync of this. I agree this is a better lip sync than the one coming up. Yeah. All right. And then lastly, we have Candy Muse, our dark horse against Simone, our long-term frontrunner, lip syncing to Till the World Ends by Britney Spears, which Till the World Ends in a year of a quarantine, I think they thought they were being topical. I think they were being insensitive. What did you think of this lip sync? Um, what, what, what is happening with Candy's wig? What, what choices were made? Who do I, who do I write to? I feel like the, I get the idea of the wig and the general shape was kind of cute. I, but it's that she needed to be more cinched in that bodysuit and, or at least if not more cinched, at least more shapely. Like, and then the wig, like, and again, I get the idea, but it needed to be just a little bit bigger to achieve the effect she was going for. I agree. It was a bad choice. Yeah. Um, I love the fringe dress on Simone. She also she has such like a pug like face that taking away her forehead to like proportionize things is a bad like Candy Muse should never have bangs. No, no. Like she needs to elongate her face as much as is possible at all times. Yeah. So bangs is never the call, let alone for the finale lip sync. Yeah. Um I think Allison Janney can wear bangs. You cannot. I agree. I did like Simone's look. I liked the reveal. I liked the comedy of the hair reveal. It was like kind of stupid, but it also went with it and it moved. Yeah. And for me, Simone's not the best like dancer, so she's not the best lip sync artist, but she is the best lip sync artist or at like top caliber in that she can emote a song, but she can also do the comedy of it. Yeah. She lip syncs like she's lip syncing, not like she's trying to to actually physically emulate the woman who is singing it. Yeah. Um, because she has the ability to not worry about a vocal performance and so worries about adding layers of comedy and drama and emotion and fun to it, which she does. I think that in that poor, underwhelming, unflattering costume choice, that candy made there was no competing with Simone. nothing at all and like there was she, nothing she was gonna right, be and when to. she pulled out that flag that looked like it's like it, it looks like the flag you get at like the dominican parade in the little plastic bag and it's made of like it was like if you had done that at least in like a real fabric so it would look like a thing and have some weight to it it might have been a moment but it felt just like oh i pulled out a thing to do a thing she didn't even steam it beforehand it's like wrinkled yeah crushed in a bag right it, it did it wasn't TV ready. Yeah. Um, everything about well, I mean, her I don't th- choice of fabrics well, for saying, this lap sync were not TV ready. I don't think you could steam that flag without it melting. You could. <laughs> but there is a risk of melting. Um, believe me, I've done it before. Yeah, I... Like, it wasn't... Simone did a good job. Yeah. But it wasn't a legendary... It's not like she did an amazing job. No. And it felt like Candy wasn't even in it. Yeah. And Candy usually, I mean, I'll say this. I feel like they really fucked with Candy's emotions this year in terms of her being in the bottom. So many times, like, I think there was a point at which it really made sense for her to go home. When she was in that emotionally distraught place and would lip sync to a song, boy, could she have fucking emote. Yeah. She's a great lip syncer. Yeah. She, I was, I was not moved by her performance at all. So Simone wins. We all kind of knew she would from 
at least two months ago. Yeah. I wish that there was more ups and downs and drama to the season, but I did enjoy it overall. I enjoyed these queens overall. Yeah. Increasingly, my feeling on this show is I like to see a lot of the queens live and what they do afterwards and what their comedy's like. Yeah. The show only showcases so much of them, and they're so concerned with producing a storyline that for me... I don't even necessarily expect the show to be good anymore. I just expect to know who I might be interested in seeing. There's a lot of queens from the seeing from the season that I'm looking forward to seeing in person, doing a little more of their own thing. It was also in a lot of ways like the runways were great, but the performances weren't. I don't think it was the best season ever, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I certainly enjoyed myself. I'm thrilled Simone won. She definitely earned the win. It's like. Like, we tend to do this thing to a frontrunner where it's like, they're almost at fault but for being the frontrunner. do front- you deserve it? Right, it's like, it's like, no, she was the fucking frontrunner for a reason. There's a reason even after a backslide, and, and simultaneous with Gottmik's acceleration, that we still never quite really thought it's not Simone. Like, we never thought it wasn't going to be Simone. That's because she's fucking good, not because she's not good enough. I agree, I agree. Um, and I do feel like, I think Candy Muse is a phenomenal performer. Yeah. I don't think she was the best contestant on this show. I still think everybody should go see her when they can. Oh, absolutely. Um, no, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to Gottmik, Candy, Denali, Olivia on All Stars. Actually, there's a whole bunch of queens on the season. Oh, there are a bunch of queens I think would be great on an All Stars, yeah. and not in a, like the most generous definition way, right? But in a like, like a straight you up, belong there, right? Way. Right? Like, like there's some stuff you need to work on. Uh, while we're all still at home, but once you get back out, if you do that, you'll be fucking unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. not not like Mayhem Miller. About twenty girls said no before we called you, and then we were definitely setting putting you in the bottom every week till you finally went home. Yeah. God, if you're a Mayhem Miller of this franchise, just say no. I'm just saying. Yeah. Respect yourself. Yeah. Anyways, so that's it for this season. I'm so excited to get to see you and not have the homework of recording a podcast. <laughs> ah, girl, I hear you. <laughs> as much as I love this show and I'm planning, am planning to subscribe to Wild Plus and watching many of the franchises, I'm excited to not be podcasting about it until All Star Six launches. Which, yeah, who knows when that is? Probably yeah. soon. Maybe we'll do like a boozy brunch to get together with all the other girls in person and talk about whatever happens to be airing at that moment. But I'm very looking forward to a short break. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to the Espana. One. I think like I, I want it's gonna be great. I want to see Lanesha Sparks so bad. Just I agree. Demolish the world. I agree. I agree. Like, ugh. like I, I would genuinely if they were like all the Puerto Rican queens who didn't win, yeah. which is all of them, I think. Yeah. Like we'll just do a season of you, and even if that's like, oh, that puts us at sixteen, and VH1 will only contract us for eight episodes, so two girls go home an episode, yeah. whatever. It's still a showcase. Yeah. Yeah. A RuPaul. Todas las estrellas yeah. would be amazing. Getting like Yara, Sophia, and Jessica. Uh, what has Jessica Wilde been doing and is she okay? Yeah. I want to know. I bet Kenya Michaels would be a hoot. You know, I can't, I can't, no lie detected. <laughs> I, I, I love the look in your eyes that was, <laughs> she wasn't my favorite, but I know you're right. Yeah, but I didn't, like, I was, re- like, I like to skip around the seasons on Amazon when I'm just bored and need something to watch. And fuck, like, Lanesha Sparks oh. is one of the most staggeringly beautiful people I've ever laid eyes on. It in per- and out of drag. In and out of drag. Oh, yeah, no, upsettingly. Like, I'm like, am I the same species? I feel so, like, my face looks like a ham sandwich next to you. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, this was a delight. Thank you, Hersla, for being such a wonderful co-host. You too. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. 
We look forward to seeing you with All Stars 6. But in the meantime, I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. Bye! Bye.